1: Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net and Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com. A few weeks ago, everybody was sharing around this feel-good video About a group of middle school boys who befriended a five-year-old boy with autism at the skate park. Did you see this one, Janet? I saw it, and I saw your article that you wrote about it. So while so many people were sharing this as an "aw, isn't this beautiful story?"
2: and get your tissues,
1: exactly, I was pretty offended by it. And the whole reason why I was offended by it was the framing of the story boys befriending another child that's absolutely a great story but the the way they framed it and the reason why this was news and the lead into the story was literally something unexpected happened and the whole subtext of this piece was that everybody expected these middle school boys to behave badly and we see that far too often and that's what I want to talk about today i want to talk about the negative stereotypes And the negative expectations that are out there in the world that are so prevalent, we often don't even see them. And our boys are swimming in this.
2: All the time. And that is the thing, Jen, that we don't see it. But I have heard so many stories from moms and boys see it and they feel it a lot. And I want to share a couple of moms had written into my Boys Alive Facebook group just the other day. One mom has taken her son out of school, saying the straw that has broken the camel's back was the latest thing to come home from school. So now she's homeschooling. But she says, the straw officially broke the camel's back last week when my son tapped a girl on the head with the eraser end of a pencil and it was relayed to me that he stabbed her in the head with a pencil. This is only one example of the language of violence that has been used to describe my son's behavior. He's a child who knows nothing of violence and aggression and even self-censors himself from violent movies. And she talked about, should she write the school a letter and tell them, would anybody listen? Who's going to advocate for my boy? Does it even matter anymore? So there were a lot of comments and support and yes, write the letter. When things like this happen and we feel like, oh, we just want to get out of the situation and forget it and no one's going to listen, I would encourage, and these moms really encouraged her to write a letter to the teacher and the principal and the Uh, district superintendent, even go to a school board meeting and read it into the public record. Mm -hmm. Because until we get really loud and vocal about these ways that we are shaping things that happen with this language that is not exactly perhaps accurate. Mm-hmm. And who knows? she wasn't there, but it's corroborated by many other messages in just the stream. and you and I know this all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to share what one more mom said. she said, I had the same issue with my son. The teacher called me to tell me my son threw a pencil across the classroom. Well, when I spoke to my son, he said he put his pencil in between the clip of his folder and it shot out. At first, I was a bit skeptical, but then I asked the teacher, and the teacher mentioned that she hadn't actually seen him do it, oh. right? And on and on and on. There is such a prevalent
1: assumption that boys are going to do bad, mm-hmm. that they are their actions are often interpreted as violent, whether or not it was meant that way. And I was thinking about this today. In my lifetime, there's been a lot of discussion about the effects of stereotypes on women and girls, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you and I as women, we have both heard these studies about how this belief that girls aren't good at math influences girls' performance on these subjects. And there's been a lot of effort made to counteract that in recent years. And now we have all these this messaging that says girls can do anything. We have these programs to encourage girls in STEM classes. We're not really there yet for boys. We are not. We've started talking about it somewhat. There are a few of us talking about the man box and how that holds our boys in, but there really hasn't been discussion about how other people's preconceived notions about boys affect boys.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in very real ways, both emotionally and socially as far as
2: outcomes. To use a current phrase, it's implicit bias. Mm -hmm. We don't know it's happening. I had a mom tell me that her son said, a first grader, mom, all the girls are perfect and I'm the bad one. Mm -hmm. And I happened to know this teacher and she's a good teacher. And yet somehow that message is getting across to that little seven-year-old boy in first grade and already he's feeling that stereotype, that negativity.
1: There is research to back this up. There was an article that came out last year called The Education of Playful Boys, Class Clowns in the Classroom by a professor from the University of Illinois. And what she found is that the teachers' attitudes negatively affected boys' classroom achievement and self-image. So she followed a group of boys from kindergarten through third and fourth grade and playful kindergarten boys which she defined as, you know, active and kind of reaching out to their friends and joking around were regarded by their teachers as rebellious and intrusive rather than playful, curious active, inquisitive. By the time these students got to third grade, the boys and their classmates had internalized these negative perceptions. So the boys' behavior was interpreted as unwelcome and troublesome. And this um, professor makes a case that all of this plays into why boys do worse in school, why they are more likely to be suspended and expelled, and less likely to enroll in and graduate from college facts are there in front of us. We still have to talk about it. And I think that does two things. Number one, it raises everybody's awareness when we talk about implicit bias of any kind, whether we're talking about bias uh, against boys, girls, women, men, race, gender, sexuality. When we talk about it, we can begin to see it and address it. And also, this isn't going to change in a generation. We have to help our boys deal with this.
2: Right, we do. And it's one of those big parenting questions that, you know, I'm busy just getting the laundry done and food on the table. And how do I deal with the teacher's implicit bias against my boy, negative stereotypes against my boy? Um, It is overwhelming. And you're right, we have to talk about it and we have to talk with our kids about it. So a mom told me the other day that they were shoe shopping and her son wanted to buy pink glittery sneakers. And she stood there in the shoe store looking at her son, looking at those shoes and how much her son wanted those shoes. And she thought, do I say something? Do I tell him what's going to happen likely when he wears those shoes to school? Or do I just let buy the shoes and let the chips fall where they may? And she decided that she would say something to him. She said, you know, you can get those shoes. I'm totally like completely on board. I love those shoes too. And When you wear them to school, there's probably going to be some kids that, you know, tease you about those shoes and it's up to you. You, you know, you can get them and keep them at home or you can wear them to school. Totally up to you. He opted not to get the shoes.
1: There was a Washington Post article recently, very similar, where this boy had been gifted a pleather jacket that his grandma found at a thrift store, and she knew he would just love it. And he did. But mom and dad are both like, you know, like the cut, like it's a girl's jacket. And it was do we say something? Do we not say something? They opted to say something. This boy was awesome. I'm going to find the article. I'll put the link in the show notes. But the boy basically schooled the parents and said, mom, dad, I can wear whatever I want. What other people think Doesn't matter. And he was making the point that where he is, kids don't really care about that stuff anymore. And so he wore what he wanted to wear. And she took that as a lesson that in some ways, the kids are ahead of the parents, the adults. And in her particular case, it was almost like in an attempt to protect her son, she kind of temporarily put up a wall between them because he felt not understood. By them. So these are very, very difficult
2: parenting calls to me. And I think to your point is our kids are schooling us. Mm-hmm. Some, some of our kids are schooling us. They're the ones that are breaking through the gender barriers, that man box that we've talked about so much. And yay. And we need to be able to support them in doing that and recognize that we too bear responsibility in just moving the conversation forward.
1: You know, I feel like we are making progress on breaking the stereotypes and acceptance of boys and men who deviate from the traditional man box. I still feel like there's so much uh, negative stereotypes against boys who are so-called typical boys, boys who like to be loud, boys who like sports, who run, who rough house, there's a lot that they're dealing with. And just the presence of a boy or a male often brings up all these negative stereotypes. I had a mom share with me, um, her son is, is older now and he's, I think he's in his, maybe he's 20. And she shared with me, he is now an apprentice electrician. That's what he's, right? That's his trade. That's what he's doing. He was walking around a new build doing his job and he was threatened by an old man watching from his house who said he would call the police because he saw this young boy walking around in the neighborhood and his assumption was he's up to trouble. That was the first assumption. And he didn't make any effort to stop and question that assumption in his head. And she said she's seen this time and time again with her boys, like they'll be out skateboarding with friends and they get yelled at by people who assume they're hooligans. Mm-hmm. Um and that they're up to no good because it's a group of boys together. And she said, you know, she wonders what that guy who threatened to call the police on her son would think if he, she knew that the son was an apprentice electrician at 18 years old, paid cash for his first vehicle, is considering buying a home, but he was too busy making assumptions and yelling at him and boxing him into this category rather than going over, introducing himself and saying, hey, what's going on?
2: This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And
1: whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about ByHeart baby formula. ByHeart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk, and ByHeart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on ByHeart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only US made infant formula to use organic grass fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's b y h e a r t.com/podcast and it is 10% off your first order. byheart.com/podcast This is a limited-time offer, and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems
2: to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons. Entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is oof. Cruel joke, well. Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke.
1: Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms and we know that can still be harder to access than it should be which is why we have partnered with Winona Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important real and deserve to be taken seriously it's telehealth you can access care from your home when it is
2: convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's BY. W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash on boys. Winona, menopause care made easy. And I think that
1: points a way forward to us. I mean, we all have implicit bias, all of us. And I shared in a blog post I wrote, when my kids were little, I used to cringe when the big boys showed up at McDonald's Playland, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even as an adult, I would feel intimidated by groups of teenage boys. I would cross the street. Mm -hmm. And I have had to learn to interrupt that to go, okay, okay, that's your first reaction. Maybe look at them and smile. Maybe reach out. Maybe say hi.
2: And that can change the tone. Definitely. And I think all of this can be traced back to fear. Mm -hmm. You know, for that man who wanted to call the police on the electrician is fear. And one of the ways to address our own fears, like you said, with this group of teenage boys walking down the sidewalk, fear. Okay. Mm -hmm. Recognize it. Yep. Okay. That's there for whatever reason. Now what's the next step? And connection is the next step in all things. Connection is so important relationship and this is the same thing with teachers is they're making assumptions about boys only when they can connect with them and truly create a bridge and a relationship with those boys then they see oh he's actually so funny or he's actually you know really intensely interested in this thing and Only then are we going to be able to address these stereotypes. And I want to also have you put in the show notes a book called The Guide for White Women Who Teach Black Boys. Mm -hmm. This is a really thick book. It is fascinating. Talk about negative stereotypes when you have white women teaching boys of color. And this book could easily just be called the guide for women teaching boys, because it's the same, those same implicit biases that we have. And it's not a blame or a shame thing. Every human has them. It's addressing them and stepping out of that and looking at, you know, here's these, I think, boys in general and boys of color, but Every day, especially for young boys, they're going to childcare, preschool, elementary school, and they're looking at the adults in their world, and there's no one who looks like them, very few. It's all women. So starting right there and recognizing that, that there's already a mismatch for these boys when they're coming into the situation. And granted, there are amazing women who get boys, but if we can, as the teacher, this was me back in the nineties when I was teaching, if I had understood, wow, they're coming into this situation already feeling a mismatch with me, what can I do to adjust? And what I can do is I can connect with them and relate to who they are.
1: The human brain, for all kinds of reasons, is wired to work very quickly. So to do that, we categorize and we make assumptions so we can respond very, very quickly. Science has shown that's kind of where these, these biases come from. When we, to connect with somebody, really what we're asking is look at this person as an individual, not just a member of a group, not just a yeah. boy, African-American boy you really have to take the time to get to know a person as an individual human being. We would be remiss and not doing our jobs here if we didn't point out that as hard as these negative stereotypes are for boys, it's even harder for African-American boys and boys of color. There have been psychological studies that have shown that teachers and police officers and pretty much everybody else often assume that black boys are four to five years older than they really are. And they are presumed to be less innocent than they are. Think about how this affects boys on a daily basis, what it is like to be four years old, 10 years old, 16 years old, walking around with these assumptions that you are up to no good this is a weight that our boys, especially our boys of color, are carrying around. And it's so damaging because generally speaking, children live up to our expectations. So think about it. If we instead treated our boys as full of potential and curious and lively, that could make a huge difference in how they view themselves, which ultimately makes a difference in what they see as possible for themselves. So what can we do? What else can we do as parents and teachers to help our boys cope with all of this? It's, it's not gonna change. We can advocate for change, but it's not gonna change by the time my
2: kids are adults. It is teaching them to recognize it and I think there's a place in here, Jen, where we have to communicate to them this notion that adults are not always right. Yeah. You know, we we want our children to respect adults, right? And And it's a delicate conversation because, you know, I think about these moms that are talking about what the teacher, how the teacher has characterized something happening mm-hmm. in school. And having the conversation, even with our seven and eight-year-olds of, you know, everybody sees things from a different viewpoint. Mm. And yes, your teacher is the authority in the classroom and she's in charge of all these kids. She doesn't see everything. And it's this conversation about making assumptions about situations that happened.
1: You know, How- you could really use that to then... As you have that conversation, talk to your boys about, and this is why it's not a good idea to make these quick assumptions about other people. It will help them understand what's happening to them, but also provide a roadmap for how to treat people in their own lives going forward.
2: Yeah. And it's so important to help him speak up for himself and, and advocate for himself, but that's going to take you as the parent to stay out of your emotional place to stay neutral have the convers have the hard conversations with the teacher i i was coaching a dad whose son fourth grader was getting in trouble because the kids were all playing tag the girls decided not you know they were done playing tag in you know not a very clear message that they were finished playing tag and so the boys kept playing tag and this man's son fourth grader got in you know big trouble you did whatever whatever to the girl principals brought in all of it big i mean parents can relate to this i'm sure and what this dad recognized in this whole process was because girls are typically more articulate and able to Tell what happened and how they were feeling, and add all the details. The girls were being listened to, and the boys, who were not as articulate, who couldn't remember what happened, they were just in their physical body. And how it all washed out was the girls were listened to, the boys were in trouble, mm-hmm. basically, in a mm-hmm. nutshell. And so we, as the parents, must watch out for these situations and school our boys and our girls how to advocate for themselves, because we're not always going to be there mm-hmm. as, the, as their parents. In part of that conversation is what I was talking about earlier, is helping them recognize that adults aren't always right. We don't always have the right answer. We don't always react the right way. And that has to be part of the puzzle too. One of the things I think that we can do as
1: parents, particularly, we certainly can't protect our boys from the world. It's out there. They have to deal with it. The more we can make our homes safe, loving places where they are accepted and valued for who they are, the better off they'll be. Yes, you're still going to have to deal with things when you're out there in society, when you're at school, when you're doing your job, when you're interacting with people, but to have a safe haven really helps. So that's one thing. And I think that there's a really special role and unique opportunity for moms of boys and female teachers here. There are a lot of people who don't want to talk about prejudice against boys. There are a lot of people who are like, yeah, um hello, what about women? Patriarchy. As women, we get that. I am fully aware that there has been prejudice against women, that has held women back, cultural expectations that continue to hold women back. I get that. You can't say I'm not aware of that or that I don't care what happens to women because I do. But I also know that it is happening to our boys. And I think when women speak up about that, it it comes across in a different way. It's not just like an angry man saying, well, yeah, but what about all these angry things that that people are saying and bad things people are saying about men? It's optics. It kind of is taken differently when it comes from somebody who is not a part of the group themselves.
2: Yeah, and I think most of our listeners can probably relate to that place of where as a mom of boy, you've felt judged by moms of girls. I have so many parents telling me that. And that's another place where we can stop ourselves and recognize, you know, we are all just human here. We're just all trying to do the best we can and the more that we can support each other and stop those judgments in their tracks, recognize them and say, ooh, wow, I was feeling, you know, really in that place of judgment and I want to step out of that. Can I try this again? Um, And, you know, Jen, we talk about it so much, it it almost must be our tagline, I think, that we give each other grace. We are just trying and yet recognizing these things are happening. Let's call them out, look at them, and see how we can make changes in support of our girls and our boys and our teachers and humanity.
1: We produce this podcast, but we also speak and write and offer family coaching and online programs to help parents and others better understand the needs of boys. If you are looking for a speaker or you would like to bring us to your school, company, or community, you can contact us at onboyspodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men.